Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is a new year, so how about a new you? That's right, how about some new clothes from Leon Tailoring? Something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made. No matter what it is that you're looking for, they can put it together for you at Leon Tailoring. Or maybe you have goals to lose some weight and the clothes don't fit as well as they used to. Well, Leon Tailoring can take care of that. Or maybe you gained a couple of pounds over the holiday season. Well, Leon Tailoring, they can take care of that too. Notice the pattern here, Leon Tailoring, they can sort of take care of everything. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, say hi to Larry, Kim, and Judy, and tell them Abdul to Leon Taylorine, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Well, as it is an election year, that means uh, lots of debate, lots of discussion over candidates, over issues, but uh, sometimes we can get a little, uh, let's say, unhinged. So the question is, how do we maintain our civility uh, while having these uh, sort of tough and uh, sometimes uncomfortable discussions? Join us on the news line is my good friend, uh, Alexandra Hudson, who wrote these author of the book, The Soul of Civility, that you can find on Amazon. So, Alexandra, my dear, always going to talk to you. How you been? Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Great to great to be with you. Um, thrill, thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me back on. Not a problem. Um, so uh, uh, when we talk about civility, uh, first of all, what exactly do we mean by being civil? So we don't mean mere politeness. So uh, my experience was going into federal government and uh, seeing people who were hostile in one hand, a belligerent and aggressive, and then people who were would smile at me one moment and then stab me in the back the next. And that experience when I was in federal government taught me about this essential distinction between civility and politeness. Politeness is manners, it's etiquette, it's technique, it's external. Where civility is a disposition of the heart, it's internal. It's a way of seeing others that respects them enough to actually tell hard truths, engage in robust debate. Too often today, people uh, want more or less civility and they and politeness may conflate these two ideas, but I argue that we have to disambiguate them, separate them, uh, and aim for true civility, the actual respect of others, instead of mere politeness, the technique or, or faux respect that, it, that we too often settle for today. So when do we become just uh, buttholes to each other? <laughs> I, I'll, just, I'll just put <laughs> yeah. it bluntly there. You, you know me long enough. I'll, I'll play it to you straight always. So You know, you know, it's always been thus, that this is the most important question of our day. How do we flourish even when we deeply differ and deeply disagree. Um, this is a defining question of democracy, though, of, of American democracy, of the classical liberal project. This is a defining question of the human social project. As, lo- as long as we've been around, we've been grappling with this question of how do we overcome the selfishness, the self-love in our nature, and flourish in community and relationship with others and achieve more together than we would on our own. And, and, um, and so this is a, a timeless question, but there are many challenges today that are unique to our current moment. Uh, it's interesting because uh, uh, you always hear, you know, back in the quote unquote the the, the the old days, you know, you know the the the, the, the founding fathers, you know, folks back to the hundreds, they would they would disagree without necessarily being disagreeable. You know, they'd have all this flower orators like uh, newsflash, folks. A lot of these guys hated each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's exactly right. The founders are are a great example. Um, or you know, even just looking at American history, I like to say history itself is is both caution and a comfort. It's been really bad before. We've had, uh, you know, murders on the steps of Congress. I, I write about examples of that in my book. We've had canings, you know, people within an inch of their life beaten to death, on near, to near death on the, on the floors of Congress. We've had full-on, you know, bar hall-style brawls on, on the floors of Congress. And, and we've had a civil war. We've had, um, you know, we've had violence. We, we, it, it's been really bad before. Um, and that, and that, that's a caution to us that it could get bad again, but also a comfort that as bad as things are now, as vicious 
and as vitriolic as our public life feels now, it's not quite as bad as it has been. And it's interesting, too, because I want to say, uh, I remind people, folks, remember, folks, Alexander Hamilton got shot. That's right. That's right. The duel. Exactly. <laughs> no, he was he was secretary. No, secretary of the treasury, one of our founding fathers. Um, so, what is what has sort of changed between that, uh, or has or have things really changed uh, between you know the 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 seventeen hundreds with the founding of the republic to today? What 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 where do we go off the deep end? There are many things that have changed. Many many ways in which this problem has not changed. Like human nature, the human condition has not changed today from, um, you know, the beginning of our species, however many thousands of years ago. However, there are many things that are new in our current moment, such as uh, the profit motives of our media cycle and our, and our news media that, that profit from, from rage and, and, and um, promoting the incendiary and blaming the other. Um, social media, that wasn't around. The ubiquity with which we're connected with others, now one person's you know, mistruth, one person's lie can harm millions of people in seconds. You know, Winston Churchill said uh, 70 years ago that a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to put its pants on. And that's even more true in the age of social media. Uh, Another thing that's different is that it's incredibly uh, easier than ever before to exist, to go through life, and not really encounter people that we don't want to encounter. That's true virtually. We hear a lot about the echo chambers that people live in and get their news from and exist in, but also physically, corporally. We can go from, you know, home to school or office and back again and then get our groceries delivered. You know, we have Netflix, but we don't really have to be in proximity with people that we don't quite like that much. And and that's, that's a problem. That's a problem for civility. Um, all of those are problems. Or those are unique and new challenges for, to civility that make it all the more important that um, we choose to be part of the solution in our everyday. That is my theory of social change in my book, that we can't look to public leaders. We can't expect, you know, national, local policy to fix this problem, that we really do have to, um, you know, live according to a different ethic, embody, uh, embody the change that we would like to see in the world. We're talking to Alexander Hudson. She is the author of the book Soul of Civility, which you can find on Amazon. She, she writes a book about civility and how it can be uh, sort of more civil to each other. Uh, Alexander, uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I want to say uh, – Back in uh, back in the old days of, of television, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you had basically three networks, maybe a couple newspapers, a radio That's station, right. where we all right. we all didn't necessarily agree on what, on the outcome. We agreed on our facts. Now it seems that people sort of flock toward toward news and media sources that sort of justify their world point of view. So very few things are monolithically good or bad. I'm really I'm really skeptical of painting anything or any person, any vocation, any era with a broad brush. And so even, you know, to your point, news media has changed. There's no longer a Walter Cronkite and just like, you know, one kingmaker or queenmaker that, you know, is the sole authority of, of what is newsworthy. And you're right, there is a disintermediated disintermediated media culture that has both pros and, 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 and cons. I think it, it is good that it's more, you know, you know democratic people can um, find sources of, of, of news information that that um, that are aligned with with their values with their priorities uh, especially in, the, in an era now we find ourselves in where mainstream media outlets haven't proven themselves to be always as trustworthy as, as maybe they have been in past eras or as impartial as they have been in past eras so it's a it's a double-edged sword for, for better or for worse I mean you know people like you and me Abdul we have our newsletters we have our our online community that wasn't you know a pos- that wasn't a possibility that was a thing 50 years ago but it is it is now and also too i want to say uh before 
uh, and, our, and our guest on the program is Alexandra Hudson, uh, author of The Soul of Civility, that, that, uh, that politicians are basically a reflection of, of, of society as a whole. And when politicians are sort of, you know, sort of pains in the butt, you know, they're, they're kind of sort of reflecting their constituents. This is a great point, and this is exactly why I'm so excited to be partnering with Carmel, um, Indiana, who I got an email from Jeff Worrell, a city councilman in Carmel, uh, a few months ago. And he said, I loved your book. I read it. And this is someone I'd never met or heard of before. And he said, how do I, how do we embody your book in the city of Carmel? And I mean, I live in Indianapolis, and I love Indianapolis and all its, you know, broken roads and all the grittiness and all. And so, like, my vision of Carmel is the beautiful roundabouts and polished and glowing streets. And I'm like, Carmel needs civility, but it's been so much fun to learn about Carmel and, and, and to partner with them. Last week at the Carmel Public Library, we had over 300 people come in person for a conversation about civility, how we might flourish across deep difference, and we had several hundred more tune in online. And there are so many exciting things in the works in order to embody these ideas of my book in Carmel. For example, um, a civility pledge. Jeff had that great idea. What if we encourage local elected officials, both in times of election and not to resolve not to engage in ad hominem attack and viciousness and sticking to the issues, sticking to the areas of disagreement and not sowing mistrust in the uh, in, in the institutions or in the, in the candidates itself, just in case you do get elected uh, and just holding and having constituents hold their elected officials again in times of election and in times of, uh, of electoral victory to that higher standard that this is the beauty of a democracy. It is a citizen. The citizen is prior to the regime, you're right that you know our public leaders uh, mirror what they think constituents want. So if we change our, change our tastes and preferences, if we hold our public leaders to a higher standard, they'll have to they'll have to meet it. Our guest on the program today is Alexander Hudson. Uh, she is the author of the book Soul of Civility, a book on just being civil towards each other uh, these days, uh, and also a really good friend, good good friend for years. Uh, Alexander, uh, when we look at uh, sort of the way our, our system works, uh, particularly with our primary system uh, here uh, in the United States of America, the, the theory is, is that uh, because only hardcore partisans come out uh, and vote in primaries, uh, you get people either for maybe sort of further to the right or further to the left than where the general public is. And then when they get in public office, they can't necessarily disagree because they're worried about a primary challenge. Because guess what? You'll find somebody even further to the right or maybe further to the left. And so the, 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 the civility we look for, uh, it's, it's, sort of like, it's sort of like Monty Python's, uh, the, we see the violence that is inherent in the system. Help, help on being repressed. <laughs> You know, I grew up in Canada that has the parliamentary system, and the whole idea in parliamentary systems of government is that it does allow for a greater plurality of, of ideology, of policy preferences, that you're not just either or. You're not just, you know, Democrat or Republican, that there, there's kind of a, more of a spectrum for you to find. Or you can even create your own your own party that happened, that, that has happened in, in Canada and other, and other parliamentary systems uh, around the world. And so I think that, you know, electoral uh, issues, the way that we do um, uh, elections in America, in America and many other um, facets of, of modern life today have contributed contributed to this era of extremism, when there is growing extremism that is threatening democracies around the world. As part of my book tour, I was invited to speak to Canadian Parliament to talk about hyperpartisanship and why that is a threat to democracy, uh, both in Canada, but but also, again, as, as, as extremes grow, an apocalyptic rhetoric gains traction 
around the globe. And again, it's really easy to look out uh, at our national conversation and uh, what's happening you know, around the globe and feel really discouraged. But that is why my book is a handbook. It's really a handbook for everyday citizens, everyday Americans who are frustrated with the status quo to empower them for, for to, to recognize that they have way more power to be a part of the solution than they realize starting right now. At the end of every chapter, I have I, you know, precise tips and examples of how people can, can be a part of the change right now um, because people are exhausted. People are ready for change. So how do we, how do we disagree without necessarily being disagreeable, if I may, if I may use a, an outdated phrase? Well, one way I learned to do this is uh, is by porching and the porching revolution that's happening here in Indianapolis. When I left government, I call myself a refugee from federal government. I, uh, I I came home from work one day and said to my husband, "I'm done with D.C. I'm done with Indiana. I've done. I'm done with uh, politics. Let's move to Indiana, where he's from originally." And he said, "Okay, sounds good. No take backs." And a few <laughs> months later, we had moved out here. And one of my first friends was Joanna Taft, and she came up to me one day and said, "I." Joanna, would you like to porch with us sometime? And she invited us to her porch one day where she had curated people across race, gender, class, geography, and not to have a structured debate across difference, but really just to remember what we had in common as members of the human community, members of, of uh, citizens of this great country, citizens of Indianapolis. And so what we need to be able to disagree better without being disagreeable is, is to actually have environments where the differences are not the most important aspects of who we are, that are not celebrated or not you know, elevated as the most, uh, most central things to our lives. We need places where we can just, just be together, be seen and known and loved for who we are in the fullness of our humanity. Uh, and, and actually, it's, it's, it's in taking our eyes off politics and making politics matter less and just recovering civic friendship across difference. It's only when we do that that we'll be able to do the hard thing of, of, of you know, debating the culture war issues and, and debating the, the scandal du jour that, that we'll be able to do that better. Alexander Hudson with us for a few more minutes on the program today. She's the author of The Soul of Civility. So, Alexander, it seems on the one hand, we, we have this sort of this sort of, uh, sort of this schizophrenic dichotomy going here. On the one hand, we want to be civil. We want to, you know, disagree without being, dis- necessarily being disagreeable. But at, the, but at the same time, though, uh, what leads on the, on, the cable, on the cable talking heads, fights, arguments, and the whole nine yards? It's, it's absolutely correct. It's like it, 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 we, we want to be different, and yet everything about our modern life kind of challenges us to fall back into that, 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 that dichotomy, that us-them mentality. One uh, framework I offer in my book that I think could be useful to people in this era of extremes and who want to move past the era of extremes now is this idea of unbundling people and unbundling circumstances. You know, we, we are, it's really easy for us to define one person um, by one aspect of who they are, but instead, you know, one, one area we disagree with, one thing they've done and to cancel them, destroy their lives based on one mistake. Uh, but instead, to see the, 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 the one aspect of who they are, their opinion, the, their mistake in light of the fullness of who they are as a human being. That's called unbundling people. But we can also unbundle circumstances. You know, we, we, it, it, it's really easy to, um, to, to have a negative experience with someone. For me, Abdul, you know that my home was destroyed in a flood. And I've been <laughs> playing general contractor and, and, you know, doing battle with insurance. And, you know, we had this corrupt mold company called the Mold Pros of Indiana come into our home and say, okay, the mold's gone. And, and instead we were left with an enormous mold problem put my family in harm's way Um, and instead uh, instead of saying okay all contractors are criminal and corrupt 
like like this company, I want to say, um, you know, how, how do I approach each new contractor anew? How do I respect them and not not paint them with a broad brush? But that's it's a hermeneutic we all have that we have an experience, and we think that all and we want to um, see all new experiences through the lens of our past experiences. But that's not fair. That's not fair to, to the people that we encounter in our everyday. So how do we unbundle people and also unbundle? our experiences in order to give people the respect they deserve by virtue of our shared humanities as, 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 as fellow Americans and fellow human beings. Alexander, we've got uh, just a couple minutes left here. So what, what good advice could you give for folks uh, who want to be more civil and not just polite? There are so many things you can do starting right now. Again, remember unbundling people. See the part in light of the whole. Don't see one aspect of who someone is and assume that you know everything about them by that one aspect of who they are. We can recover curiosity. Curiosity is the stuff of the good life, but it's also a tool to heal our deep divide, saying, you know, not just, okay, you think this way, I know everything about you, but like, I, how did you come to view the world that way? Uh, we can reach across the divide, make a bid for friendship or hospitality and inviting someone onto our our front porch maybe in the spring and not i not or summer and not this week it's absolutely frigid this week or invite 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 someone into our home and and make a bid for friendship across difference it's all too easy to fall into these silos these these ruts in our day-to-day lives but there's great power in in, in fostering those those friendships across difference and that's really where uh, healing of our social fabric at a national level begins at the local micro level all right. Well, our guest in the program today has been my good friend, Alexandra Hudson, uh, author of The Soul of Civility, on how we can be a little bit more civil uh, to each other. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean uh, gloss over everything, but at least uh, be aware that there's other people actually in the room. Uh, Alexandra, my dear, always good to talk to you. Thank you very much for being with us. You have yourself a great day. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Abdul. Bye. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.